Hey, what's up, world? I'm Brian. I'm Hashim. And this is Two Black Guys. I'm going up yonder. Going up yonder. Going up yonder. You better modulate, Shane. If you ask me, that song really <laughs> got me up this morning. It was on my spirit. It really was. My God. All right. Uh, welcome to the second episode of Two Black Guys. Um, it's Hashim. And Brian. Okay. Um, it's early as hell where I'm at. Brian, where are you? Just a quick um, level set. I'm in Barcelona. <laughs> it's like two bits. Two bits. They, that's what they do. Like... There's kind of like a lisp on some of the words. Like instead of Barcelona, they'd be like Barcelona. See. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's like seven a.m. here, and it's what time, Brian? What's the time difference? Like two, like two p.m. here. All right. So if I just nod off at moments during this, recording, <laughs> you know, that's don't do why. that. I think you've had a very productive morning. Like I'm proud of you. Like <laughs> I have, I have. I'm gonna try to um bring that forth in this recording. Um, but let's get started. All right, so let's do some level setting, right? Um, I think it's important that we kind of put some stakes in the ground around this episode um, and more generally this podcast, right? So Brian and I are pretty committed to this not being a hot topic, sizzle reel, right? I mean, in keeping with the Wendy Williams um, hot takes or the kind of like pro- proliferation of podcasts that kind of do that work, right? Kind of just going through a litany of like uh, pop culture snippets. I think right. um, we we are more concerned with topics that we wrestle with kind of daily and um, really having a space to unpack them and if appropriate, right, tie them into things that are happening kind of in this moment, a cultural moment. But um, I think there's so many talking heads. There's so many right um, spaces where people are trying to, like, offer up takes and opinions on uh, Kim Carter. I mean, like, these figures that I think have I have no investment in, <laughs> right? So I'm much right. more concerned with topics that actually – bear some um some influence on my day-to-day like black love right and um topics that we'll discuss today so this series is pretty pretty committed in terms of content with things that deal with right i mean i don't want to sound like um like that old ass black professor but that black the black (laughs) experience right i mean like and as capacious and kind of nebulous of a term that is I think this podcast is really trying to interrogate and investigate what's all in there, right? Um, and if Kanye comes up or the exactly. Grammy, right? Like if if these right. if these players come up, then they come up. But um, our kind of right. primary investment is <laughs> is about shit that I think actually matters. Um, anything <laughs> you want to add to that, Brian? <laughs> 
No, that's that's very well put. That's exactly it. Like Kanye can totally come up because I think it may hit on some like important issues that we grapple with the capitalist impulse and you going crazy and that's that's real shit. But I don't think that will ever be the um, today and you know love and hip hop. Um, you know, as a <laughs> as an entry, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just like I, I'm sorry. Like you know, I have very little energy to give throughout my day, and uh, I just can't dedicate that amount of mental space to. I mean, VH1 and their fuckery. I just can't. Um, so I'm gonna do it for <laughs> things that are more important to me. All right, now that that's been established, um, let's quickly check in. Um, so this is the time in the in our episodes where we will. Oh, this is your part, Brian. My bad. But let's check in. How do you want to check in, Brian? Um. So I just want to know, kind of, well, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What's got your life like inspired or sustained right now? Hmm. <laughs> I had an answer to this actually. Um. <laughs> Well, I woke up with Tremaine Hawkins on my spirit. Um, so, as a, I don't know if we'll include that in the final cut, but um, there's some Tremaine Hawkins that got me up this morning. And then... Um, Started there, you on your way. Um, but I've been kind of... I've actually been conflicted. So Migos has been in constant loop since they dropped their newest <laughs> LP. But they said some really problematic homophobic shit. So I was like, God, you know, like, damn it. So now, like, every time it comes on my Spotify, like, my flesh wants to let it play, right? But intellectually, I'm like, y'all, some, y'all, y'all really had to do that, right? So, I mean, Migos is happening, um, you know, and I will sort through that. Uh, <laughs> there's also <laughs> um, the Steve Lacey of the Internet put out his LP. It's 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 dope. I think all in all, it's pretty dope, pretty solid. Um, and then is this the dude like with the group, the Internet? Like, is that right? So I see right the Internet. He's kind of the um, the male lead singer. He's the guitarist. He does a lot of their production. Oh yeah, he's um, dope. I think I heard a couple tracks. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely like a, a formidable like first LP, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then in terms of what I'm reading, so. James Baldwin has, I, <laughs> yes, <right>. God, <laughs> get ready. So James, get ready, get ready. Get ready. No, James Baldwin. Um, I think I value his critical voice. Well, his critical voice is found in his kind of literary work, but his straight up essays and critical essays are my kind of like life source of his corpus. Right. So I've, you can give me notes of the native son over, um, Giovanni's room any day. And oh, yeah. you can give me um, what I'm reading now. The Do- Devil Finds Work is um, a long form essay of him critiquing American cinema. And in it, it's about 110 pages. And in it, he does this like sweeping analysis of like Birth of a Nation to like how in Harlem in the 19, you know, 50s and 40s, the like white gaze was influencing everyday interactions. I mean, of of course, right? It's Baldwin. So he was like always decades ahead. But um, to hear him kind of like argue on top of culture and make these claims is, I mean, it's, 
it makes you want to do better. You know, it just makes you want to <laughs> do better, think better, live better, you know, call white people out uh, on their shit better. It makes you just want to be better. So that's me. What about you, Brian? What's up? Hallelujah. That's so deep. So reading right now, I actually picked up a book that um, at like Georgetown, um, our ethics class is one of those classes where like I just had no space in my brain for it at all. Um, <laughs> but kind of, and that was like senior year because it's like you forgot to do like your requirement. And so it's like, oh, by the way, read this book. And you're like, I'm about to be out of here. And uh, I will spark notes it. How about both? How about that? Hard. So there's this book called Cosmopolitanism, like ethics in the world of strangers. And I'm blessed to be doing like some traveling right now. You know, it's like I'm out in Barcelona um, doing this exchange MBA program. And like I'm getting to I'm just it's like living the dream. I'm like bouncing around to all these um, different countries doing like the, the backpacking in Switzerland and some Italy and went to Paris last week. Just, I mean, just stupid. I never would have dreamed. Real global. And, um, you real global. Global. Like, and not even trying to be like jet setting and fancy and posting for the gram. Just like real reflective. Like it's such a blessing to be able to um, experience the way that like so many different people like live their lives and stuff. And so I've been conflicted with this notion of like, what does it mean to be American, especially in this moment where like all I'm seeing on my Facebook feed and stuff is just like the newest Trump, you know, um, disgrace. You know, it's just like every single day some more bullshit. So it's just like, I just had this feeling like, why, are you clinging to something that is American? Like grappling with this sense that like blackness, when I think of like the soul of black people, um, and all these debates about immigration, it's this weird feeling of like, I fucking built America. Like, you know what I mean? If anybody's gonna be American. So on the one hand, it's like, there's this thing that you feel like you're, that is true, that is real, that, that the only American classical music is jazz, and that is black, that the expression in the uh, soul- Ryan like, Gosling saved, I don't, both created and saved jazz. Quick, quick historical fact. Uh, so you might want to rethink that, uh, but side note. Yeah. Why are you trying to make me throw up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I picked up this book um, again and, you know, just kind of grappling with some of those questions about like this kind of global, like you really can detach from it. There's privilege and like detaching from it and bouncing around and like belonging to no nation. But still there's this sense of like you're missing home and there is something that is like that you love that's beautiful, even in the midst of like how fucking tough it is to be black. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's that. And then also um, Viola Davis, like on the Oscars shit, like that's just that's beautiful. You know, it's just, just like been kind of looping her speech, <laughs> you know, just just channeling all of that. Like, it's so beautiful. I'm so proud, like. I'm trying My to God. channel her uh, cocoa butter routine, um, <laughs> so that uh, whatever kind of potion of um, the Lord that she uses daily, you know, I'm trying to get that over here. And yet, and yet, I don't want to do this, but they catch Viola for. <laughs> on how to get away with murder i mean she has moments where it's like well damn Viola, you know it's like we haven't but seen you know what shonda Bible. has a whole lot of witchcraft you know in her corner so i'm really sure rough. it does take a lot of lighting like they're stripping viola to the ground in order for her to look <laughs> the way she looks right like she has to have 
grandma's so stocking <laughs> cap. She got to be in a dark room. Like, they have to pull out all the stops to get her mm-hmm. there, right? So, like, yeah. let's not... All right. She's yeah. still flawless. All right. Ooh, yeah, so I've been channeling that because that's just, that's beautiful. Like, you, she's doing a damn thing. It's beautiful. So that's, right, um, right, that's right. cool. So let's, um, let's segue to the next um, section, right? Every episode, we're trying to think about some of these big ideas that are, you know, really rooted, like, in our day-to-day lives and, like, and in our friendship, you know? And so the, the big ideas that really matter to us as friends, as men, as black people. And um, I was thinking back to a moment. This wasn't in college. This was a couple <laughs> years after college. Do you remember going to a, um, that Frankie Beverly and Mays concert at the Sigma conference? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if we're going to get through this. But, if, yeah, I Jesus. clear as day. Clear as day. <laughs> Quick context. So uh, I'm working as an education reformer. (laughs) 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 And, uh, you know, I've got... Closing that gap. You're closing that gap. I mean... All right, Sheen. All right, Sheen. Um, (laughs) So on the one hand, um, I'm at this conference because, you know, we're recruiting black men um, to teach um, K through 12 across the country. And um, we're at a Sigma. What's the full name of the fraternity? It's um, Phi Beta Sigma. Phi Beta Sigma. Um, you know, I didn't even want to, like, slip up and say it wrong. You up, yeah, so, you're smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't want that. So we're at this conference, and, like, we're sitting in the booth. And then, it, you know, I found out as I was just trying to get through the day that um, Frankie, Beverly, and Mays would be performing – at this concert hall and i remember like immediately calling you um and being like drop what you're doing because like was this like a thursday night or something it was Was real random like yeah i was definitely (laughs) like just job searching right doing weekday things you know and it was like she (laughs) and then frankly beverly and Mays, and i was just like immediately you know sheen we have to go see this i don't know what it's going to take i don't know if they're tickets i don't know how much they're going to cost we're going to have to find a way um to get in there and so we get to this concert and um god there's so many like elements to this like room how would you describe this room i mean 300 400 people um you know dressed up in suits like i mean with their church like sunday best on Um, it smelled was... like um, starch and um, Elizabeth Arden. <laughs> it smelled like my grandmother had kind of perfumed the room. It's... Oh shit! That red door that Elizabeth. <laughs> that <Arden>. red door. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Frankie Beverly and Mays take the stage, Sheem, and um, and these people are like sitting in the rows. We didn't have a seat. We didn't have a ticket. We snuck up in there. And um, somehow we found ourselves like in the middle of the aisle, like going in. Do you remember that like dead, like, and I sweat so easily. Well, you and <laughs> like, I both, right. So it was, but it was, it was kind of um, instinctual. I mean, like it was Frankie Beverly and Mays giving us what they've given black culture, you know, over decades. And we just felt compelled. We felt compelled. I don't need a seat. I don't need a seat. <laughs> right. Just in the aisle, just sweating, like give like it was just and the music was so good. I mean, just to be like, you know, this man is sixty years old or something and still is like 
giving you like it on the floor. I mean, so that in that moment, Sheen, you know, it's like that was a moment when I thought about like this notion of like black joy, like just joy, because it wasn't just happiness. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, oh, just put a smile on my face. It was just like everything else stops and you just have to surrender to the moment. You're dancing in an aisle, you're sweating with people looking at you like you crazy. But like, it was just so joyful. You know what I mean? Right. I think um, it's that's that event was um, a perfect kind of summation of um, I think what like black joy, how it takes over you, like kind of how it's this like state of euphoria and kind of like. It, yeah, it's beyond happiness, right? Like it wasn't happiness; it was it was something else, <laughs> you know. So that was just the perfect moment that I thought would be like a um, a way to try to put my finger on like what I mean by that, because I, I instinctually agree. Like, I, it's it's not just happiness where people are saying like I'm in search of happiness and just do what makes you happy, sort of thing. It's a it's like a kind of a higher level, like spiritual kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that story kind of put the finger on, at least on our friendship, so many moments of that um, where you're just kind of like caught up in the moment, but don't give a fuck, really. Right. Um, I, think, it, I, mean, I, I, I think, um, I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, when you think about it, the the kind of just terminology of black joy, how it's proliferated, um, like this, this cultural moment and i'm thinking like circa 2016 through right dot 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 um you think of hashtag black boy joy um kind of like how you see um and i mean we have a lot to thank social media for in this kind of work but you think of the way people respond to images of black Men, right, in particular, boys, right, oh. men, um, like outwardly expressing this like uh, e- extreme, this hyperbolic happiness and how people have gravitated to it and felt the need to like, give it a hashtag and have it trend and have it kind of, you know, take up this this space, this place um, in like the, the black social media sphere. And it's, I mean, it's, that's, that's interesting, right? Like there is a, that, Mm. because for me, that signals a need that like, there is a need for us to revisit like, A, what this is, like, what does it mean to be black and joyful or experiencing joy? And then kind of like what it looks like, like what, like help us share examples, right? Like let us help each other get closer and closer to this. Um, Mm. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, right. Yeah, there's something more there. There's this notion in my mind about like the um, like the freedom of your your body, the freedom of like your mind and this notion that you really don't care um, like how people are viewing you. And I kind of remember like moments where like. Um, to take, you know, take on this kind of spiritual notion, you know, I remember like growing up in the church and like, right. <laughs> you would see like ladies like passing out and let me not say ladies, but, like my mom, <laughs> like stand, standing right next to me before, you know, and it's just like, um, she fell out. Just my mom. She, um, it was she, just my mom. <laughs> she, dad, she fell out. 
Um, <laughs> um, it happened. And it happened. It's happening. It's happening. It's, hap it's happening. There's nothing I can. Um, there were also moments where, like, you know, you would laugh because you thought some people were kind of like faking it. But then something like happens in your life. And my parents would tell me, like, well, when you're old enough, you'll get it. Um, and there's some there's something about that notion that, like, you will go through enough that eventually, like, I don't have time to be worried about how you feel about right. the way that I'm expressing myself. So whether it's like I'm, I'm dancing or I'm praising or, you know, whatever it may be, there's something about like, I just don't care. Like this is for, this is for me. This has not, you know, it's like. Mm. And, and for, but I, like, and I think about like in the realm of, well, in those two, the two, settings that we um kind of offered up so far so that's the sigma convention and then the black <laughs> church right i mean like if you try to find a through line between the two it is in community right like so in yeah, some ways like yeah. yes like there is this kind of very individual expression of expression of joy that is like not self-serving but it's self-generating so, so like there's that but i'm convinced like if we know. really are trying to pull some like um traits of black joy so that we can because i'm committed to trying to uh do everything in my power to create these moments because i'm in agreement with you that really black joy i think um are these kind of like spontaneous uh ruptures of time right of protected black freedom right so if, if you feel like it's 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 Quot like quotables <laughs> it's these it's these like uh moments where you you can't resist it anymore right like like your mom passing out in church but there are also <laughs> these things kind of that are in place for it to happen right so i think right. black community has to point. be functioning i think yep. music i think art black art has to be present as well right so if you think about and <laughs> i mean like deep non-negotiable black art right we got frankie <laughs> beverly and we got black church music My right like you these are right. these are those anchors in that way um so right. I, when, when those two kind of like players are happening i think i think black uh, joy is it's on its way right i i, I do think and in some ways like part of the allure of church and like we can't go into that because that is we'll get um that's a whole. <laughs> That's a whole thing. But part of the real allure of church to for me growing up was this anticipation of like Sunday. Ooh. It was it was the it was the anticipation of what could could happen this morning, right? Because I knew what not only just like what has happened in the past. Like yeah, my mom tends to pass out, but it was like yo that organist like he has been. On, he's been wild lately like he's right, been giving right. us life like and like i you know like oh like depending on how like the deaconess board decides where they decide to sit or like <laughs> what what kind of march the um youth choir decides to do this morning like who knows really like what is about to pop off right Ooh. at church and it was that that kind of anticipation that I think made it so enjoyable. And I think that was that like real, that was some indication of like how black joys op operates, right? Like it, right, it was, right. this, it was a psychic element, 
but there was also like these this type of preparation like mm. you had to pre- you had to do this work for it to happen but it was so worth it right like it was never self um what's the word i use like it, it was never self-serving it was always like yeah. in service to this community you found yourself in but I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I think in addition to this notion of like anticipation and the idea that it's like in community, there's something that is like um, related to uh, resistance is what I think I'm getting more at rather than like the, when I say, you know, I don't care how other people view me. Um, I agree, like, it's not that it's self-serving, but even in community as black people, there's something that, um, you know, suggests that that joy and being overtaken by joy is resistance um, because, you know, it is literally by definition in resistance to the way that we um, are made to feel or are told that we are allowed to feel the range of emotions um, that we can display or cannot display. Um, And I don't mean to go into like the respectability politics, like, because I think that's also a whole nother element. But we actually have an episode to that, I think, like, it's coming, it's coming. so there's just this like this notion though like of of you know resistance because I am in control we are in control um, of our emotions and how we experience the world how we celebrate the world like unashamed um, that's like that's just truly beautiful to me because they're just there are a range of emotions that like people will tell you like this is going to get you in trouble at your job and this is going to you know that's too much and that's um you know um and it's always been so funny because like whenever like in black environments i think this is super stereotypical but um there like whenever you like so let's say for example when i was a teacher like i taught in a majority black um school and there was one um white boy um, who was in the grade, um, and uh, they uh, had a nickname for him, which was like Snowflake. And, like, I was course. like, okay, that, yeah. that's a little problematic. But you know the one thing? It was like um, he wasn't trying to pretend to be something he wasn't. And so like whenever people would be dancing or rapping or like whatever it may be just for fun, um, he would be himself. And I found that like black people are so embracing of people when you're just like, like just do like just do you um not pretending to be something that that you're not and there's something about that kind of like that authenticity and that like just you know like you got to give it up sometimes that goes back to this notion of like there's so many things that tell me how I ought to behave and how I ought to speak um but there's something that is like in our DNA that's like you gotta give it up sometimes. You have to give it up. I mean, right, like you and have to Frankie Beverly Amaze that. come through. Yeah, I mean I think I agree with all I mean I there's definitely this element of or like this commitment to resistance that that is that tugs at black joy happening, right? And as you said, I think there's a number of um, like outputs from Black Joy, right? Like you get this like affirmation, you get this kind of um, you're able to um, kind of like stand and contrast to all of these schemas you've been 
told uh, you have to subscribe to around, you know, respectability, blah, 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 blah. But like taking the resistance thing a step further, and we'll, we'll talk about this after the break. I want us to think about how, how rage, right? Um, how rage and joy, there's some interplay there. And, um, we can channel Frankie Beverly again, right? Because he told us early on, it's joy and pain, right? I mean, like oh, sunshine well. and rain, okay? And Frankie has never lied, right? So let's take a break um, and we'll we'll be right back. I like sunshine. Thank you for that outro, Brian. Um, <laughs> Uh, rage, you know, all things, all black things I'm convinced are political. I mean, I'm just convinced of that. And I think black joy is no different, but I think we are on principle by exhibiting, performing, whatever, uh, kind of verb you want to plug in there, black joy. We are also kind of taking up black rage, um, Well, we're constantly in this exchange, right? Like we're caught in that matrix that you know Keanu Reeves bullshit. But it's like if if we if we want to kind of experience black joy, yes, we try our best to carve them out in spaces of our own, like the black church, like black fraternity, national conventions, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But there's also moments where we're caught up in like white spaces where we are feeling the need to kind of like recruit those like and those anchors that I kind of called out earlier mm-hmm. that I think give way to black joy. And I think that the kind of like natural byproduct of that tension is rage, right? It's like I'm constantly in this like negotiation process where I can't when I want to, when I know I need to kind of like dance to Migos, right? When I know yeah. I need to just uh watch a Edwin Hawkins video, right? In order to get through this kind of like dumbass spreadsheet at work. But there's like this entire, like you're overwhelmed by the kind of like codes of respectability, the ways you're supposed to perform and kind of like predominantly white office spaces. All these things come flooding in. And I think naturally like this sense of rage builds. So I, but, but I also don't think, um, the two are two are separated in that way, right? I think when right, we start right. feeling those types of like uh, emotions, or you know, similar to rage, that's the that's the very very moment we should like do more to um, mm. to find black joy and bring it into that space, right? In in that way, it's so political, right? Like mm. that that's when it's kind of like real political traction can happen um when you don't just let it stop at the feeling of rage um but you kind of like you you bring in that i don't know you 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 find joy in that moment right and remind me like correct me if i'm wrong but um the opening letter um in the baldwin fire next time um you know, because I'm a letter. Baldwin scholar. Uh, if anyone wants to hire me in there, kind of listening. To- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's real. I mean, <laughs> these are works that if there's anybody under the sound of our voices who's not familiar <laughs> with the canon, um, 
they need to check that out. I, I mean, I, that letter, um, I, don't, I forget if it's like to my nephew or um, I, I forget, but I remember the takeaway kind of being that, you know, rage, anger turns to resentment and ultimately, you know, is a threat to our very existence. So I think to your, you know, to your point um, is this notion that it's, uh, they absolutely are linked and um, that there's a serious yeah. like fight for your life to ensure that you not just keep the balance, but that um, joy is the response to, to mm. rage. Because mm-hmm. so, so much of that comes from you know the feeling that um, none of this shit is rational. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, it's just so. I think with all of like the the publicized executions of black people on our timelines has been, you know, this response um, from, I'll say, like, non-black people. Um, And sometimes, I mean, let me just say, like, the response from people where it's like, you know, you need not riot or you shouldn't, um, you know, what is the appropriate response to this kind of, like, degradation, um, these, like, assassinations, Mm -hmm. like, extermination, you know, publicly on your computer screen or your cell phone? Um, what's the appropriate response? What, you know, why am I being told how I need to grieve, how I need to express my anger? Right. Um, all of that shit is irrational. And that's what kind of um, drives you crazy. Because if I wear the right clothes, then, then maybe I won't be targeted, right? Um, if, um, you know, had she not worn a dress that exposed her um, legs like that, um, then she wouldn't be raped. It's like that, it, it is highly irrational. Um, and to yeah. play into that belief that like, well, you know, everyone's saying that, so let me do that because it's is more acceptable. This shit will just, you know, as we've talked about on the first episode, um, drive you crazy. The resentment turns to like a deep, bitter anger. Um, and the rage a lot of times, quite frankly, to be very real, I see in many um, black men like a generation ahead of me, and I say this like in a very real sense and very heavy sense, it's just, it's painful to see so many black men that I love like crack under that pressure and rage like give way to like just, you know, self-destructive behavior, um, hurting the people that you, that you love. Um, Yeah, I think too often the, the, like the the right i mean i like how you're framing it around like response like how like walking us through the logic of like how you respond to the kind of like uh um sheer like challenges of being black right i think mm. you too often black men exactly like i mean i think black men in our peer group but also like our fathers etc cetera, etc cetera, um for whatever reason, have, like, calculated that, okay, black rage engenders a response of, like, stoicism or, like, a, a like statuesque kind of, like, removal from all that is kind of, like, incoherent. Like, it's this, it's, everything becomes now as if, like, racism is calculated, right? Like, as mm-hmm. if, like, there's been this real, like, there's a logic to, like, white foolishness it's not right it is sporadic so and and if we are trying to like do an apple to apple analysis we cannot we cannot there's i don't think there's any kind of like anything productive that can come from trying to meet like the 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 real kind of like fuckery of white 
you know, white world with anything but like this spontaneous, sporadic, like organic community response. Right. And I think black joy is that way. I think of um, a good example, like house culture, like uh, gay house culture. I would look at, you know, Paris burning meant so much for me growing up, but mostly it was because I saw these gay men, I mean, (laughs) in poverty, right? Like it was no, I mean, I think, so the director did some like real kind of white gazing editorial type things with this, but it was definitely men of color in poverty um, trying to survive, Right. And I think I saw the pageantry of house culture and drag ball. It's not drag, not technically correct. Um, House culture and ball culture Mm -hmm. as like this, this space for black queer joy to kind of rise. Right. And kind of like, um, Mm -hmm. A, I mean, it served really political financial means. Right. Like people had to pay to see you. But it was also kind of like all the kind of like gender performances that will make you feel free that you feel you cannot do in the public space outside of this building you're now allowed to do here like we built that space exactly right and yep. and, and it wasn't like right the, i think the typical response up until the apex of house culture was they need to get a job right they need to you know they need to be able to conform to like these the, the masculine office culture and they were like fuck that like that's actually not the answer, that's not the appropriate right. response, right? right. So, um, right. that I, 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 I think you're right. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, I think that's it, Brian. You know, the um, one um, image that I'm just left with is um, Lil Chiron in the um, in the dance studio. Like spinning around. Did somebody yeah, make a meme that was like yeah, dancing actually, on white it's, foolishness? It's, it's on my Facebook. If I could pin the post to my wall, <laughs> like, I would. Um, of course. But let I me tell I saw you about somewhere yeah, the internet. I mean, moonlight. <laughs> moonlight. <laughs> you actually think about take what, what happened at the Oscars, right? I mean, whoever is listening, I'm sure has gotten wind of the fiasco. Um, that moment actually perfectly uh, colors, right? The, all all of this this entire conversation around rage and black rage and um, black joy, in the sense that yeah, the fact that Moonlight won Best Picture was was a moment, inarguably, of black joy, right? Like it was it was it was a moment of black joy. The fact it's that a, this is a triumph. It was absolutely. a triumph, right? And it through that triumph, like. Black people were, were about to, like, turn up. They were about to turn up, right? Now, we still right. did, but we had to sort through some kind of, like, uh, <laughs> some uh, white foolishness first, right? And, and and I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. I actually think that's a um, disservice to the, the, that, the fact that Moonlight won. But what happens is even in the moments that like really were intended to be like these very um, like unfettered um, moments of black joy, like public moments of black joy and kind of like black um, respect. What, I mean, whatever words you want to plug in there. Yeah. Yeah. White establishment was like, 
it, it just for whatever reason. I mean, like, and I don't care again to like do a an analysis, of, like you know, of like why it happened. But it's 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 so. I think I find it so odd, right? That like in the even in this most recent like iteration, we have that tension at play. Like like I left kind of like really upset, right? Like kind of angry that you white people had to get off the stage first to let black people on the stage to get the award <laughs> that they were supposed to win. And then the press and media response after, of course, created the story that uh, the white producer of La La Line was actually like, that was his night. It was his night because he was so gracious and letting, you know, and, and oh, kind yeah. of like doing writing, right. writing a wrong. And I'm like, right. there y'all go. <laughs> there y'all go. Like there we go. But that's right. fine. But that's fine. Because I'm about to, you know, it's like I'm about to put that Moonlight soundtrack on. Listen, look at that gorgeous Alvin Ailey piece. And um Right. And like um swerve oh, on y'all. I'm <laughs> swerve right. right. Yet another example of like, can I just have the space? Like it's not it's not your moment. This is not gracious because the way you handed it back, it wasn't. And it just goes back to like either way you do it. If you're Kanye West exactly. and you run up on stage and you're like, they don't deserve that award. You know that. You do the gracious. It's like, oh, we won't even go to the podium. We're just so thankful that that white man, like, you know, corrected himself in the moment and said, you know, you guys are the winners. Like. Oh, we're just grateful. I mean, it, you know, it's like it, it really Give doesn't. Me a break. Yeah, it's like, you know, right. right. Yeah, I don't. You, you tried it. Yeah, y'all tried it. <laughs> y'all tried it. Um, uh, okay. For Moonlight, go see Moonlight if you haven't seen it. Um, Please. That's and a, you know what? I'm, another... Yeah, I mean, and that's a whole nother conversation because some of y'all, y'all general y'all black people, felt the need to you know frame Mahershala Ali's win. And because this is not a hot sizzle take, I'm, you know, this is about to be terse, but decided to like really um, make sense of his win because he played a uh, gay character. First of all, he did not play a gay character, but it was like, we're still holding up that rubric, I see. <laughs> okay. So we will, you know, we will revisit <laughs> she, not that. Now, not now. <laughs> we'll get to that. But it's like, y'all, we all have to do better, clearly. Um, but. That's it. That's it. Well, this is another episode. Um, you know, thank you guys so much for taking a moment to listen. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. Check us out on Facebook at Two Black Guys Podcast. That's the number two at Two Black Guys Podcast. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, leave us a note on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah. All we'll right. See you next time. Peace.